make mention of this in the second service again, uh, but if you do have some memorabilia for, from military, and uh, it could be maybe a father, a grandfather, some type of relative, a brother, uh, especially some of you may have had a flag given to the family. Uh, there may be medals that they had received because of their military duties. There uh, could be pictures. We've received some pictures this morning, uh, military pictures that would uh, be good for next Sunday morning. We're, we're kind of celebrating the Veterans Day the Sunday before. It, what's it fall on like a Friday, Saturday? And so the question is, do you celebrate it before or after? Well, it worked with the schedule of Summerdorf to be before. And so that's going to be more of our Veterans Day service will be next Sunday morning uh, with uh, former military uh, and, and a military veteran, uh, David Summerdorf, speaking. So if you have some of those items you're willing to just let us decorate with, and when I say awesome, speaking of David and Diane Wise, they're going to do the decoration. Uh, please bring it. You can give it to me or you can give it to David or Diane if you see them directly. If you can, try to get it here by Wednesday. So if you can bring it back today, bring it today if you already have it or bring it back this evening uh, or bring it and drop it off. You know, make sure someone's here at the church and drop it off. Or if you have the key, bring it in. <clears throat> Maybe put your name on it. Uh, but also we're expecting you to be able to identify things and get it back later. So uh, just a reminder, uh, David had asked uh, me to put that out to you as well, <clears throat> and uh, I think that would be good for us. Turn with me in your Bible, if you would, to Galatians chapter 5. I failed to bring a book today I really wanted to bring. But I would encourage you to look into, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, it's called uh, the 1718 series, and this book was given to me by Caleb and Sarah, uh, I think maybe for Christmas, and it's, this one's on the book of Matthew, I'm really, really enjoying it. Uh, it's, they have one for every book of the Bible, uh, you can find them on Amazon, you can find them on the their own website and find them on eBay uh, and places like that. Uh, not really expensive. Uh, sure, if you're buying direct from the company, it'd be a little bit more, but probably a 15 to $25 book, depending on which book of the Bible. And some of them are several books of the Bible. But what you're doing is you're actually writing through the book of the Bible. So I'm writing through the book of Matthew, learning a lot by doing that. <clears throat> and you write through on the right side of the page and on the left side it has questions to do with those verses usually about three maybe four questions uh, to deal with those verses and so it might be asking you kind of you know what is Christ teaching here what, what was the law typically teaching here and I'm thinking on the Sermon on the Mount because I'm writing through the Sermon on the Mount right now but really good really good for understanding a book better I'm thinking about every uh, series that I preach through is buying one. I'm uh, looking at going and preaching through 1 Thessalonians next year and uh, looking at buying the book on 1 Thessalonians because you write it out. That's good exercise. You answer questions, questions you may not normally think to answer, and that's really good. 
Uh, they're in hardback volumes, and so uh, just encourage you to consider it. It's taken from Deuteronomy, and I, I, I taught on this in the series, but Deuteronomy 17 says this, 17:18, which is where it's taken from. It shall be when he sitteth, speaking of the king, upon the throne of his kingdom, that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priests and Levites, going on to verse 19 only yet, and it shall be with him, and he shall read therein all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, and to keep all of his words of his law, and these statutes to do them. <clears throat> so the idea is right, the king ought to write a copy of the word, so that he has it to take it with him. He only doesn't have just whenever he goes into the synagogue, he doesn't just get to hear it read. <clears throat> he has his own copy. He can read it every day. And so I would encourage you the writing out of scriptures. I try to do it multiple days every week and right now every day a week. Uh, gen- well, probably five days a week right now. Uh, sometimes I'm answering the questions and working through them or just reading ahead. And this is what I do, and again, I've taught a little bit on writing scriptures before, so I'm not going to belabor this point. But I read the verse out of the Bible, then I I read it as I write it, then I read what I've read. So really, I'm reading each verse three times before working, and I'm learning a lot. And I found one set of verses I was reading and writing, I needed it that day. And uh, it was unusual how the Lord brought that about. I won't belabor that point. Uh, But that day, I needed those, especially three verses out of that passage. And it was really impactful for me. So, again, it's called the 1718 series with a colon in between, just like a verse reference. It's taken from Deuteronomy 1718. They're black books uh, with gold lettering on the front. And if I remember, I brought it in once before, but I just thought it's been a while. It's been probably six, eight months since I've done that. And uh, I brought it in. Uh, I sent an email this morning, or last evening, it actually went out this morning, I time-dated it, but uh, about all the new Sandys in church. And guess what? We had a new visitor this morning. Her name was Sandy. And just moved back to the area. And I, I, I was talking about in the early service, I think we've had three Sandys visit the last eight weeks. And there was another one. They just moved back uh, to the area, <clears throat> just moving a couple miles away. And so we're, we're looking for a church and really enjoyed it this morning, her and her husband, Jonathan. So anyway, we may have another Sandy. Uh, we already got a couple, and we're thankful for every one we have. So... Anyway, God is good. Let's, let's go to the Father in a word of prayer. Dear Father, uh, we're coming to know you. And part of the understanding is the more, and we're going to learn this in the preaching today too, the more we can know you, the better we are to be equipped for serving you and loving you. And so I just pray that you guide us to study. I, I probably made this series longer than it needed to be. But, Father, there's so many different ways uh, that we can study your word. And I think it really helps us to see examples of how we study it so that we understand it a little bit better and not just told, do it this way. And so may each, I'm giving effort every week. Uh, May others be giving some effort as well to maybe doing uh, the kind of the anticipated assignment for the day. 
<clears throat> and if nothing else, may we all benefit from uh, walking through this Sunday school hour here today. Guide us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we are looking forward to the building project and getting everybody back together because uh, there, are, there are some of these people you've never met because you're in one service and they're in the other. And uh, we're looking at moving the Sunday school up a little bit earlier. And the second service will become the only service, and that'll be a little bit earlier. Uh, just praying about some of those adjustments to our schedule. In Galatians chapter 5, I think is one of the key passages for us as Christians uh, to live a victorious Christian life. And this is one of the passages I would love for you to do more than just read through it in your read through the Bible program or your reading through the book of Galatians. I would love, you to do, I'd love for you to do more than just read it. I would really love for you to take some of these words like we began to do last week and uh, we, we looked at what does variance mean? What does emulations mean? Could that actually, that sin be in my life? And sometimes we don't know because we don't know what the word means. And so we talked about that last week and, and we used one of the words in particular and we really kind of show, showed how that, that sin could actually be in our lives as Christians and uh, saw how it could apply then to our lives. Well, I want to go now to the fruit of the Spirit. So you have your flesh that is producing works and you have the spirit in your life that's producing fruit. So there's a difference, but both is a production that is going on. Your flesh is going to produce various works uh, like uh, hatred, like variance, uh, which is strife, like emulations, like, like lasciviousness. So your, your flesh is going to produce those kinds of works that have been called. But then the Holy Spirit, this is why it's key that we walk in the Spirit so we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Your Holy Spirit wants to produce fruit. Now it's singular. There's going to be nine things listed here. It's singular. Why? Because it all comes together. Uh, it's like a package deal maybe. When the Holy Spirit is producing love in your life, he's also going to be producing joy and he's going to be producing peace and so on as it goes forward. So let's look here at verses 22 and 23 uh, where it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is, this is what the Spirit's going to produce, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such, there is no law. There's a law against the works of the flesh. There is no law against having this fruit of the Spirit. Now, at times, because what I want us to understand, at times when we don't have something like this, we say, well, I must not be saved. Well, it's not a matter of saved or not in this production or this fruit of the Spirit. It's a matter, are you in a right relationship with the Spirit? You can be saved and not have this fruit because you're not in a right relationship with God through the working of the Holy Spirit. But any Christian that's in a right relationship with God through the work of the Holy Spirit will have this fruit enjoined to and manifesting itself in their lives. So the key, why is this so key well, in order for me to not to fulfill the lust of the flesh, I need to be producing this fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, and so forth. 
Uh, some of you maybe have worked through some of the definitions. I, I have them here. I have the verses here. Uh, we had gone through Ephesians chapter 4, which I think is also another passage like this that is just critical for deeper study and understanding. In Galatians chapter 5 here, uh, we then have these works of the flesh and fruit of the Spirit. Did anyone go, work through any of the definitions and find something unique, interesting to any nine of the parts of the fruit? Uh, anyone have something they would like to share? We've kind of built it, developed it to give this opportunity. Anyone? What's the difference between joy and peace? So you're not to be asking the questions, you're to be answering the questions. Ruth. Yeah, it's kind of one more is almost seems more audible. One seems almost more silent. That's an interesting way. Good. Very good. Very good definition. Somebody else? Did somebody else? Karen? Okay, so if you have joy, you're choosing to enjoy the fruit of the Spirit. You have peace, then it's a, what, how'd you word that? A result. So as you have joy, the result can also then be peace. Okay, good, good. Somebody else? Yes, Angelique. Let's turn our Bibles to Philippians. Keep your, well, we're just a couple pages away. But go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. <clears throat> Verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known Unto all men, the Lord is at hand. I think verse 4 is more about joy. I think verse 5 is more about peace. Uh, while the word peace is not used, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. It's a quiet peacefulness or a quiet peaceableness is one of the ways that uh, that idea of let your moderation be known. So there, there is a quiet peaceableness in your heart. So joy, and, and I think these ladies have rightly struck the chord that needs to be struck. Joy is more of an outward jubilation. It's more of a rejoicing, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice no matter what we're going through. Then the, pe the peacefulness is found in then in verse number five. Let your moderation be known unto all men. Why are we so peaceful? We know the Lord is at hand. That's why, according to verse number 6, we can be careful or worried about nothing by, by prayer, and sanct, uh, prayer and supplication, making our request known unto the Lord. And so, uh, really, that peacefulness, 
paves the way for having a more effective prayer life as well. And so, yes, I believe joy is that more audible. And I think uh, Ruth had given some great definitions to that, uh, that joyfulness, that gladness, that uh, exuberance, you might even say, where the peace is more of a tranquility, a quiet state of mind, a place of rest. Uh, I think you could also find that. Uh, let me look here, and I, I think it's Isaiah 32, 17. It's always uh, dangerous when preachers go off script. Uh, I love love the verse, if this is the right verse. And the work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. And so that's Isaiah 32, 17. So the work of righteousness shall be peace and the effect of right the effect of righteousness is quietness and assurance forever. And so again that would be in the realm of having peace in your life. Uh what about what about love? What what type of love or why is it here? I mean, love's actually commanded in scripture. Love is to be put on. Isn't it just an emotional reaction? So is this fruit an emotion or what is it? This fruit of the Spirit. Anthony? I'm sorry. Okay, so he's saying agape would be more uh, of a commanded style of love versus a phileo, which is a friendship kind of love, more, more tends more to emotion. Anything else you want to add to that? Correct. Yeah, so, so what we're seeing here is something that's a choice and not merely an emotion, Barlett. Finding worth in that which you are loving, that one you are loving. So you're trying to find their value, find their worth. Mamie, you had your hand up. Very good. Excellent. Excellent. So. That type of love comes from God. So it's not a merely an emotional base. It can have emotions, I think, attached to it. But it's not merely God is not commanding us to have an emotion. Uh, God is commanding us to act. Ted, you had your hand up. Wow, that's a good illustration. So David's heart, when he wanted to kill Nabal, his heart was changed because of her love. And uh, so her love impacted his heart, and it changed his attitude toward Nabal. Pastor Davis, you had your hand up. 
So then it has to come from God uh, to be that which is pleasing to him. I saw Wendy and then I saw Diane and we'll go on. Wendy? Yeah, and that's a good way to put it. And she's bringing this out. It kind of comes to this. You don't put this on. This comes as a result of a relationship with the Lord. Uh, you know, Wendy says, you feel like I have to have this, I have to have this, I have to have this. But it's coming from him. So what we have to have is a right relationship with him. If we have that right relationship, then all this becomes part of our lives. You understand the difference. Sometimes we're looking to, ah, I need to become more loving. Well, if you need to become more loving, then you need to have a greater and a deeper relationship with the Lord. Diane, you had your hand up. I just was going to say that you can say all day and all night and all next year, I love you, but you have to show it. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, love and uh, deed and in truth, not just word, but in deed and in truth, it says in First John. Ruth, did you have your hand up or somebody else? I thought somebody else maybe in that area had their hand up. Someone else want to add to all this is really good because uh, we have the we have I think this understanding what we're talking about is not putting on emotions. But number one, we're not putting this on. We're getting this from a relationship. Number two, it's not emotionally based; it's action based. So again, we're not long suffering because we feel like it. We're not long suffering because oh, this is my spouse or this is my child, so I have to be. No, it's not that. Uh, this is long-suffering with anyone because the Lord wants us to be, and we need his help in order to be that gentleness, faith, meekness, temperance. Uh, again, all these things are then coming. So it's not what we're striving to put on. What we're putting on is a right relationship with the Holy Spirit. And this is going to be kind of some of the fruit that shows you and shows others you have a right relationship with the Spirit. Your inner right, your responses, your action. I was thinking about this week uh, as, as kind of a way of illustration and application. You know, if someone does something at work, let's say, that really angers you, well, is, there, is your relationship with them going to control how you respond, or is your relationship with the Lord going to control how you respond? You, know, you want it to be, well, while they really anger me, because of my relationship with the Lord, I, I'm not going to respond in anger. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to shout at them. I'm not going to swear at them. I, I'm not going to whatever. Because my relationship with the Lord is the way it is, I'm going to find a way with His help to respond with love, respond with joy, respond with... It's not always going to be easy. That's why it has to come from the Lord. But when we respond with anger and shouting, we're saying, well, I, that relationship right now is more controlling of me than that, my relationship with the Lord. So what comes out is hatred and variance, strife. That's the works of the flesh. This is a daily battle, and I think for all of us, if you're not having the battle, you're probably losing the war. Let me just say it that way. 
He said, well, I don't have any of these battles. Well, then you're not walking with the Lord the way you are. Because that's a battle. It's a day-in, day-out battle. And, and so uh, what we have to recognize is it's my relationship with the Lord ought to be dictating really all my other relationships. What's the greatest command that we love who? And what's the second that's like unto it? Love thy neighbor. Who's a neighbor? What's a biblical neighbor? Anyone you come in contact with. And so anyone you come in contact with biblically is a neighbor. Uh, who, is, who is thy neighbor? I think it was, was the question asked of the Lord. And uh, he doesn't answer that. He basically says, uh, who, who have you come in contact with? Uh, as a, and his key component. Now, does anybody have a... Here's a working, let me just present it this way. Here's the working definition that I was given. Uh, I have like three of them. I only have one of them before me. But I was given this definition many years ago. Love is acting with the other person's best interest in mind. Now it's been elongated, expecting nothing in return and so forth like that. But when I love, I act. And I act with the other person's interest in mind, not my own. I'm not doing this for them so that they'll do that for me. I'm doing this for them because the Lord wants me to. And uh, expecting nothing in return. Problem is we often envision what they might do for us in return. Although change because I'm loving them or they won't ever do that to me again because I'm loving them. And when that doesn't work, then you quit loving them. Becky, I think you have your hand. You're like a, you're like a, you're like a bidder. I, I, fifty dollars to the lady over here. Yes, ma'am. Very good point. Talking about the degrees of love, if you didn't hear that, there are many references to Scripture uh, where see, you know, our love should abound even more and more, and so it should be increasing. We should have fervent love one for another, uh, not, not just maybe a lukewarm or mediocre type love. Uh, it also talks about charity ought to be put on above all these things, so it also has a a degree of importance over other things. So I, I think it's why it's first part, in part on this list, uh, though the Lord knows why he puts it there. And uh, I'll understand things more as I learn from him more. But I, this is why I really do believe it's at the front of the list. Uh, it is something that can be put on individually. I want us to understand that. Uh, we can choose to love as well and making those types of choices. Brother Ted, you had your hand up. Yeah, 
His question is, how do you love someone when you're going into battle? And uh, I've preached a couple of Sunday evening messages recently on David's, the way he treated his enemies. It's incredible to me. And I, I learned it through doing a study this year on the life of David, just in my personal time with the Lord. And uh, 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 what was it? Ab, what was his name? Abshai, Ab, Abishai, is that what it is? And how it came out to stone him and cursed him, and they wanted to kill him for David, and David said, leave him alone, and later he comes back and apologizes to David. And uh, while the long-suffering of David to love someone, but it, it is, I mean, he loved Saul, even though Saul was warring against him as an enemy. He loved Absalom, 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 my son, my son, Absalom, my son. Uh, in his passing, he, he mourned that loss, uh, even though he was an enemy. So we are to love our enemies, and it can be accomplished through the work of the Lord. But it has to be in an abiding relationship with the Lord. Someone else wanting to add either, Mar- Marlette? To that, like loving your enemies, loving your Yes, yes, and truly, it, yeah, and, and the Lord brings it out through Peter, and I'm going to reference that in the second service, I think, I didn't get to in the first, it's in my uh, framework to reference it, First Peter 2, uh, and even into chapter 3, where uh, anybody could do this, but when you're buffeted for uh, my sake, and you suffer for it, uh, this is well-pleasing to me. And so if you're buffeted for what you're doing wrong, <laughs> uh, okay, take, take your lumps. You did something wrong. But when you're buffeted for not doing anything wrong, you're buffeted merely because you love me. Uh, that, that pleases me, the Lord said. And I think she brings out a really good point. Somebody else? Brother Donnie? My question is this. Can you have, if you have the fruit of the Spirit, can you have love? I must have one piece. It's all packaged. Yeah, yeah. It really, he says, can you have love and miss out on peace? And it really comes together. And you think about it. If you are in a right relationship with the Holy Spirit, just like maybe if you're trying to visualize in a right relationship with an individual, if you are in a right relationship with God, you will have all nine aspects of this fruit. Uh, if if you don't, let's say, uh, let's say you don't have temperance, well, then you're not in relationship with the Holy Spirit. You might be working at doing it on your own, loving, and so forth. So, so stop and think about that. If you don't have all nine parts, but you say, but I, but I have love, well, then maybe that's something you're doing without the Holy Spirit doing it through you. Because if, if you have truly the Holy Spirit working in your life, you'll also have temperance. You'll also have meekness. You'll also be long-suffering. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's ministering to your spirit and, and equipping you to be that and to do that. G- great point. And make sure you understand that. At times we can put in things individualistically in our lives, 
but to have all of it collectively means that we're in a right relationship because of the work of the Spirit. Someone else? Anyone else? So the, what, what I did in this study, and I, I will not go into that in detail. I have some of the notes here that I could. Uh, what I did is I went to each one of these words and then found wherever it was mentioned. And with love, it was quite an extensive list. And I went to absolutely every reference. You don't have to do that. I went to absolutely every reference. And, and I looked it up. You might want to just go to every reference that's in the book of Galatians. And just look at them. You might want to look at those prison epistles. Prison epistles. Philippians, Colossians. Just look at them. Uh, every reference to love. You may want to just go to the words of Christ and what he says about love. If you don't feel like you have the time and the ability to do the whole dynamic, uh, limit it in some way. Uh, just go to the statements the Lord made about love. Go to First John and John. And speak repeatedly, especially First John about love. And look at what love looks like there. Uh, but I went to every one of these references. I, I came up with a working definition. I, I wrote out uh, love is commanded. Uh, love is to be put on. Uh, I found out that love wasn't natural. Love is to be put on above all other things. The Lord will help you to lie. I, I just went through and I, I wrote out a list of things. So then I went to joy. What is joy? And I went to every reference on joy. So that's another thing you could do. I came up with working definitions for joy and put it on the chart. And then I have all kind of references. And again, I have a computer program. It's old, so I'm still running old computers that are getting on me about this. I'm still running an XP computer because it's the newest version that can run my old. I, I literally have thousands upon thousands of notes in a Bible program that will not run on anything newer than XP. And so I'm still running an old XP computer, which has its issues. Uh, but I, then I put it under each of those words. I put all the information I found that helps me when I read the Bible to click on that word and see what it is to have joy. Maybe what I, I have isn't really what the Holy Spirit's trying to give me. What is it that would give me peace uh, from the Holy Spirit. So anyway, may we enjoy a further understanding. Uh, Brother Summerdorf will be preaching, teaching in Sunday school next week. Actually, he's coming. He's a military guy, so I thought it would be this way. I said, well, you're driving in Sunday morning. I presume you don't want to come to the early service from a couple hours away. He says, of course I want to be there. I want to preach all the services. So uh, now, now he determined to come in the night before. In fact, I need to let Pastor Terry know that so he can make him some reservations. And so uh, we're looking forward to having the summer doors next week. So he'll be teaching Sunday school next week. Dear Father, all these things can and should be in each one of our lives as believers. But how many of us face things this week where we didn't truly display love the way you would want it displayed. We didn't have joy because we lost our joy. We didn't have peace. We didn't display love. We didn't have meekness. We didn't have long-suffering. We didn't have temperance. So as collectively as we get it, as collectively we can lose it. And so, Father, help us to grow. And help us to allow these fruit 
to be born in our lives through the work of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray.